Hi everyone, I'm John Guest. And I'm Dee Dee Brown. Welcome to Black on the Scene, a podcast about our love for all things Black entertainment. As two entertainment executives, we've come together to honor the many accomplishments within Black entertainment that celebrate us, the culture. We are so excited for you to take this journey with us and learn why Black on the Scene is our love letter to Black entertainment. This is our first episode where we discuss the inspiration for the show, our backstory, and what you can expect from us. Take a ride with us each week as we uplift and share our love of being Black on the Scene. Woohoo! Here we go! <laughs> Cheers! You can't really see my. Oh, there we go. Cheers! Here you go. Cheers! To my favorite person to talk to about all things Black Hollywood, fashion. Oh, hell, everything. Okay. Mmm. Mmm. Yes. Gets going gets me going. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, John. We're here. So, Didi, we are here. We are here. A lot of conversations, a lot of chit chat, a lot of meetings, a lot of Google Docs, a lot of it all because we all we both are so OCD, but we also think the same. Um, and we're here for this conversation finally. Oh, I'm so excited. You're right. We are both OCD, and and uh, the reason that we're here is just thinking about the industry that we're in as two black film film executives or studio executives. And, and lovers of film. I mean, more importantly, lovers of film, TV, black entertainment. Black and black, 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 all of it. All black everything. All of it. And man, we've had some really great conversations over the years and we know that we're not an anomaly in the love of, of, of all things like black entertainment. Right. Um, so this is our love letter. Our love letter. I love, I love saying that because <laughs> it's so beautiful. But yeah, this is our love letter to, <laughs> to the black creatives, to the, to the, to the below the line uh, folks, to the storytellers, to the executives. To the black marketers. To the Hello. marketers. To it, all of us, <laughs> agents, lawyers, we all come together. We all are a family. We all are a unit. And this is just a celebration of, of us, of, of us doing that. It really, really is. And we have a particular purview and bird's eye view into POV. <laughs> um, into this industry, specifically film and some TV. Um, because we both work in marketing and PR um, for film studios. Mm -hmm. and, and have for quite some time. And have for quite some time. I'm an OG in, in, in this space. John is a baby OG. <laughs> I'm a baby OG, right. <laughs> I'm still but, learning to walk. <laughs> but a legend, a legend, a legend. <laughs> um, and so when we met, on oh my gosh you you said it's i said it was 2015 yesterday and it was 2014 it was because all the reason i know this is because that was my, when i first moved to los angeles and that's so that date is like stuck in my head because i moved out there in april and got introduced to a whole world of stuff <laughs> i mean stuff so you leave allied integrate a marketing agency yes call it, yes. in atlanta because I always had hopes and dreams of going to LA. And I was like, I gotta get out there. I gotta figure out a way to get out there because I need to I need to go. Atlanta's done. I'm telling you about Atlanta. I'm, I'm been there, done that, born and raised. Now I'm next to the, you know, on to the next chapter. And 2014 was that moment. And I was out there in a matter of two weeks trying to figure out life. And it was interesting <laughs> to say the least. You know, what's interesting for me is I didn't know until I think this past, like maybe last year or late 2019, that when you got out there, you had this like two week period where you were like couch surfing, very oh, amazing and stylish couch owners. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, you know, cause it happened so quickly and 
I was someone who had never really, not actually never stayed, lived anywhere outside of the state of Georgia for most of my life at that point. And I was turning 29 and I had, you know, it's funny because at the beginning of the year, I made a goal. I was like, by the time I'm 30, I'm going to be in Los Angeles, California, living there. And that was, that was my New Year's resolution, uh, New Year's Day 20, 2014. And it, you know, things happened and, it, and I moved out there in, in April and I didn't have a place to stay. My, my, my lease didn't start until like the first week of May or something like that. So I stayed on a few people's couches who I was like, I need somewhere to stay, please. I know you don't really know me that well, but thank you. Um, and stayed on, on Michael McDonald's couch and, and uh, Kevin Stuckey, who two people I love to this day, who really helped me, Jay Floyd as well, they all were roommates and we stayed, we stayed in together for about a week and a half in uh, Mid-City in California. That is the best story ever because, of course, um, Kevin is a legend in the making as well over at Netflix. And I also met him at the same time that I met you yes. when I embarked on this sort of consulting freelance life after 11 years working at, at a media company. And this introduction to you, I always wanted to be bi-coastal. I could never figure that out. And it's also, it was kind of different. It, it just, the world was a different place in the like early aughts and mid aughts. <laughs> mm. um, and when we met, you had, I think it was just as you were getting settled. I think it was like end of April, May. I met you and Kevin at the same time and Jay, because Jay yeah. was working at the agency as yeah, well. We and I have to thank our both, uh, our dear friend and, and mentor and big sister, Carolyn Sloss for that, which over the course of this podcast, you're going to hear Carolyn's we name. Hear Carolyn Sloss. You've heard a lot of names a few times, but yes, Carolyn would be one of them. <laughs> uh, this is what we should have named the podcast, an ode to Sloss. The Sloss, <laughs> Sloss. <laughs> I actually love that. That should be a segment. We should, that should be a segment. That is a segment each, each week. You heard it come on too? <laughs> yes. I love um, it. But I, I, I owe that opportunity and, and, and I owe her so much in particular, but, but that introduction to the agency and Erica Bennett in particular, who is just beyond like, she's already a legend and she's a, she's a very young legend. Uh, but um, meeting you guys at the agency uh, to work on one of our, like that, that might've been like a hazing movie, our little, <laughs> introduction into like LA and like what it's like to launch a really robust multicultural campaign. It was also yeah. me, um, having the background in like media, it, there really wasn't a multicultural initiative or space. And I always was interested in it. I always was like the default multicultural person, mm -hmm. but the, the, <laughs> the, the publication I worked for is not known for its multicultural uh, initiatives or point of view. Right. So, right. so you know, one thing to, to, to also note is that um, the the idea of multicultural was like for me, it was such a newer term. Like starting out, um, I think around like maybe 2012 ish, 2011 ish. That's when I started hearing it more, and it just started to like balloon, balloon, balloon after that. And uh, working at Ally. Uh, on that on the film we're going to talk about Get On Up, the Chadwick Boseman, James Brown biofilm was was like my really first national big scale expectations, pressure, stress. What am I doing? Like all those moments of like, is this am I on the right track here? Am I doing the right thing here? Like all that was very was very new to me. And like I'm new to this city. I'm, I'm, I'm literally in the back, in the backyard of all these clients. Like they, they call me, text me, let's have a meeting in person. Like it was, just, it was very different, but you know, I think it's interesting. I'd say, I'd say this thing is really interesting where you, me and you just, we kind of figured it out together. Like we were literally on this journey together of both being new to this world and just like, I got your back, Diddy, you got my back, John. Like we were just kind of like figuring it all out together, which was so amazing. Let, let me just talk about my first impression of like meeting you and Kevin and Erica and Jay. It was so new to me because I had not been around that many black people in a professional setting. I'm usually the only one. And so I was around these beautiful, brilliant black folks 
And I was like, first of all, I was very intimidated, but I was also in heaven. Like, I was like, what is happening here? And the marketing that we're going to be doing is all about the African-American or Black marketing campaign for this, for this icon, um, James Brown, who I always used to want to be my daddy because I always wanted to have rich parents, which I do not, but I have the best parents. They're just not rich. Um, I always was like, James Brown is probably my uncle or my father or somebody. I know I'm supposed to be related to him. And obviously not. And then to embark on this new chapter in my life, meeting these, again, meeting you all, I was just blown away. First of all, everyone's so beautiful. Like you with your skin, Kevin, <laughs> this, it, like it was just all, I was like, who are these? They don't, first of all, they don't look real. I, it, it's just, and, and they're freaking smart. And it just was this moment where I was like, I'm not sure what I'm doing to your point. And I'm pretty sure I wasn't sure what I was doing until the end of the campaign. And then, and then introduce the amazing, speaking of beyond talented and the legend, Talitha Watkins. Talitha Watkins. Who listen. Listen, if you don't know, you need to know and you need to find out. I mean, okay. I literally, and I had never in all my years really in the publishing space, again, sort of met, um, and I also had that, you know, uh, short amount of time that I worked in, in field marketing for Universal, there were no black people really in the space, not in the field, not in Atlanta. So we share that in common that we're both from Atlanta. We're both from very like humble Southern roots. We didn't know what this job was. We didn't know what movie marketing was, but we knew we loved movies, right? Growing up, we knew we had this passion and, 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 and love for entertainment. And somehow we figured that all out, like just the process of trial and error, but like getting to LA and working on this project and meeting Talitha, who is just the epitome of a boss. I remember us being in that conference room. And first of all, I was like, I can't believe Erica Bennett hired me. <laughs> oh, I was like, I, can't, I hope I get this job. And then when I got it, I was like, oh snap, I got the job. Got the job. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> so I was going between New York and LA, just constantly on a plane, but getting to meet you guys and getting to work with Talitha as a client I tell you what, I learned so much from, 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 from all of you. It was like a masterclass in movie marketing, publicity, uh, not to mention experiential, yeah. um, talent. Let's not, say, let's not forget about the events that we were doing and us being constantly on the road, Essence Festival, ABFF, premiere at the Apollo Theater in New York. I mean, it was, it was one, it was like, that was a movie to work on, like for your first, for your it first was, thing, that was it. That was like, it, you're getting it all. It it really was. And by the way, I went to Cincinnati to the National oh Urban God, League. That. And I went to Vegas. I went to Vegas for the NAACP convention. Yeah. So, so I between mean, the two of us, we were all over the country with this movie. We really were. And we'd be in the office together. And I would like go over, because you were in a cube at the time. And I just remember you always had a blanket on because you were always cold. I was always cold, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was staying at a friend's, in mm -hmm. a friend's second bedroom, not too far from the office. Yeah. Um, and I would get in that office, you know, kind of like delirious. I didn't know where I was most of the time because I still had a life back in Brooklyn, right? I was still managing my, you know, my, my rental property, also trying to figure out like next to all of the things. And it was just so incredible. And so being in that office constantly, you and I talking, we were like, do you know what's going on? No, do you know what's going on? No, do you know what's going on? Not at all. And being on the Essence calls, so Essence is is massive at this point, right? Do you remember being in those I, weekly calls? Essence calls. <laughs> I'd be sitting at my cube like, I literally was like, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Remember there, so, so I was like, this is really hilarious. And I'm like, I literally have like forgot about some of these moments and you just saying that. Yes. Has made me so much joy right now. Like I love those essence calls. They were so funny. They were so funny just getting prepared for that, but also just kind of 
you know, again, I'm at this place where I really want to prove myself because again, yeah. I, I've been, we both are in this position. Yeah. Really wanting to prove ourselves, really wanting this movie to do really well. This yeah. was kind of at the beginning of, you know, if it's 2014, social media was a thing, but it's not the thing that it was now. And this was Chadwick's second film too. Like this was, he had did 42 and this was his follow-up to that. So there was this like, again, expectations. expectations. And we had to- we had to come on board and do it. And just so everyone knows, you were the project manager on this one, on this title, because there were so many different moving parts to it where, you know, you kind of connected publicity and marketing and events and experiential and everything else in between that we did for that, for that campaign all together. So everyone knows kind of the various moving parts. And me, I was in charge of the marketing um, from the agency side. And you know, you and I work so closely together with Kevin and Charday Jenkins, we love as well. And I just remember, I just, I remember we went to New York. I think this is for the, um, we went to New York and we went to that place to have dinner. Do you remember that place we went to for dinner, like lunch or something? We had the macaroni and cheese. Yes, it, and was, the cafe, it was the cafeteria and it was- Cafeteria, yeah, it was cafeteria. And Alex Hill was there too. And I remember you were just like, John. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I said, girl, we just try to make it. And at that point, I think we were like, maybe at the halfway point or very close to the finish line. And I said, like, we can do this. And I said, all we got to do is get through this top line and we will be work back. <laughs> the work back that never happens. <laughs> Listen, I learned so many terms that I had no idea about. Mm-hmm. I wasn't big on social media. I, you talk about being lit up, like all cylinders firing. And again, I knew that like, there's a lot riding on this. Like if yeah. I'm gonna continue on the, the, the sort of freelance consulting space, and it was, I'm not kidding, I'll say it again. It was a, it was, it was a masterclass in marketing, publicity events, um, working with some of the most brilliant people who are literally at, you know, they were doing amazing things then at, at the agency and to leave it was at a studio at Universal and looking at, you know, in a, in a, in a few short years where everyone is now. And I, again, did not know that, that, that literally was a thing and just managing, I can't even tell you, there's so many lessons learned that I carry with me every day. Um, some of which include just having very high expectations that were set by Talitha and Erica um, and watching them being the tough, but really knowledgeable and, and and they're very kind, wonderful people. They have high expectations because they know they put in the work, right? And so I've learned so much just observing for yeah. observing them and also doing what I was supposed to do and trying to ex, you know exceed expectations because that's always important. Yeah. It's not just meeting them, it's exceeding them. Exactly. And that's what I was gonna say too. Like one thing I learned from that is just like how to figure it out. Like it's just like you just have to figure it out whatever no matter what it is, like be solutions oriented. And I remember that was a, I feel like that was a term I never really understood or processed at the time. And it was just like figure it out be solutions oriented and, and everything will be fine. And I think between you and I and the rest of the team, we figured it out from that campaign. Figured it out. And I remember just delivering the end of the campaign report, which was like, I think about 200 pages with all the stuff that we did. And I use that kind of as a Bible yeah. moving forward with other projects that I, yeah. um, that I worked on, just how robust and comprehensive a campaign you know, should be and what all goes into it. And we're talking about a small team of people, right? Yeah, yeah. Doing um, so much, doing so much heavy lifting. Yeah. Yes. I remember, I remember what our budget was, which is you would laugh at it now because universal budgets are so much, you know, sort of, you know, more ro- ro- robust. But that budget was so small and we exceeded it. I'm pretty sure we doubled the budget from all. But Talitha was like, this is huge it's mr brown's legacy it's chadwick's you know it's chadwick's to your point second movie and can we just raise a glass to chadwick Chadwick. yes yes i mean he and and full disclosure the interactions that i had with him were not like personal 
conversations like he was there to do a job i was there to do a job and i've had the benefit of working with him um for an activation um on 21 bridges which was his last um film before his sad passing but man he was everything that everyone talks about with him now as being someone about the business he was about the business he didn't have remember like there was no social media Mm -hmm. right he had no social media he was quiet and reserved and just regal right it's no surprise that he ended up playing t'challa right because there's there there was a regal quality um to him and he what, what what did we say he was not about shenanigans he was not about shenanigans like you said he was there for a job and he was like all right i'm gonna do my job this is what i need to do and and keep it moving and i think like my memories of him like just thinking back to like i remember with being with him and tika sumner on on the essence festival floor and Ooh. like just walking through and he and he was like oh wow like he was amazed by he's like this is massive like this is big this is like a, a thing and he was like can we wait a second i was like and so yeah, like this, you know, observer, whatever. And he was, he was like, I want, I want to just see, I want to kind of feel the vibe and everything. He was, he was very much about a vibe and an energy, and um, and then he just was so excited about the whole Essence Festival experience. And he was like, Do we have tickets to the concert? And I was like, Yeah, we got tickets to the concert. And he was like, He went to the concert, and like he just was. You could tell he was really just again taking it all in. Again, very early in his career, being exposed to all these things, his you know second lead of a film. Uh, so the second uh, leading film that he did, and he just was really just again. It just was a it was an energy about him that I just really kind of always appreciated. Like it was just never any fuss. It was never any fluff. It was just very much here. I'm here to do the job. I'll go and do it, and I'll exceed my everyone's expectations. And then he goes off to do what he needs to do. And I just always appreciated that about him. And uh, again, we I was I interacted with him a lot during that campaign. Cause I'm the talent handler whisperer, and um, I just again he was always just very, just very cordial, very, very like nice and lovely every single time I, I was around him. Let's just unpack that for a second, because I think there's something because of course Tika Sumter was in it, as you said, and I have had the opportunity of of um, working with her on another film. Oh, on Nobody's Fool. Mm-hmm. Um, who is, again, aside from being just absolutely stunningly beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. So lovely, so professional, so like, just like, I'm here to do a job. I want to make this as amazing as it can. And she, she, I think she said yes to pretty much everything we asked Mm -hmm. her to do. And I think what I'd like to illuminate for anyone listening is that, you know, part of the reason we wanted to even start this podcast, aside from us just, you know, giving the folks that we have worked with over the years and and projects that we've loved and, 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 and giving them their flowers, but also peeling back the curtain a little bit on some things that you just probably don't consider as somebody who doesn't work in the industry. Right. And one of those things, quite frankly, is when it's your first or second film, you have no context to the production around you in marketing a film. There's so much involved. So what the audience typically sees is the end result of that, right? You see the junket or the talk back or the movie. So aside from the talent spending months preparing for a movie, learning their lines, read throughs, things we don't even know about because we don't work on the production side, um, doing their eight, what is it? ASDMR. I'm totally messing that up. Their <laughs> audio, the, you know, they're over it, blah, blah, blah. They are trying to figure out the PR aspect of it also, ha- hiring a publicist where they may have never had to do that before. Yeah. And by the way, they might not have still made enough money to hire a publicist, someone yeah. to take care of their needs, mm-hmm. but they're being asked to participate in interviews, um, you know, give quotes about things, uh, give a lot of their time on a, to promote a movie that they might have made two years ago, right? And they might be product on production on another film, right? Right. Right. So at this time, you know, Chadwick is in his second film. I don't know what it was for, for Tika, but she had, you know, she. I think she had a little bit more like. A, experience in the industry. Although Chadwick was, was you know, in his late 30s. 
So he'd been working all along, but these were like, you know, considered the big breaks. He was by no means an overnight success. So you got to imagine, this is your second film. You're at the biggest festival in the world, Essence Fest. And everybody looks like you. Yeah, surrounded by black women, yeah. Okay, wait, let's just talk about his first major role. He was playing Jackie Robinson. Robinson. Let's just uh, take a second and really take that in into, you know, the expectations around that, right? So you're at, you're part of this massive campaign. So as much as we're driving the African-American or black or multicultural targeted marketing, He's also being asked to do things on the national publicity side, mm-hmm. right? And so involved in all of that is everybody always wants the talent, right, John? Everybody wants a piece of the talent. We want you to show up. We want you to be handsome. We want you to be stylish. We Happy, want- give, give, kiss all the babies, hug all the moms, like do it all. Yeah. Take, you know, do all the autographs, the selfies, the whole nine. Yes. And there's a lot of energy that's required in doing that. And if you are a person who is, I think, a bit more reserved in your energy and how you expend it, I think it's somewhat of a challenge, right? Like him not having social media. I don't think at the time, and I don't know that he did before his passing, what you're being asked to do and manage, it's a lot coming at you at one time, Mm -hmm. Um, and I certainly think if you're a woman, because God forbid you have a few extra pounds on you or, you know, you wore the wrong dress or it's, a, you know, a little bit, I, I think, less stressful in terms of like the appearance of it all for men, yeah. Even men, men, men go through that as well. And so we asked a lot of them on that campaign, right? We really, really did. I mean, just in, in we, you have to, one of the challenges for us is always trying to figure out how do we market this film without necessarily talent being involved? Either they're not available, they're on, you know, another production or they don't want to really be at the front of the campaign for whatever reason, because um, it's very time consuming. And that's why that campaign was so robust is because the talent can't be everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's why the, the T-shirt active or the T-shirt uh, uh, partnership. partnership. Mm-hmm. Yes. And on, on the music side, getting like, what, how, what are we doing in digital to get early um, supporters of the film? How do we how do we market this movie without having the talent always involved? Having to be it. Yeah. And, and, and the thing you did with the, the experiential um, traveling James Brown tour. I mean, that was, again, that was a way to reintroduce the world to, to this legend. And, and, and I think also to the younger generations with the, with the t-shirt partnership and things like that. So I think we were being so thoughtful and no stone was unturned in terms of audiences and who we were trying to reach because we were like, we want to reach, you know, my parents and we also want to reach younger folks as well and everyone else in between. Um, and I think that really stood out within our marketing of what we were doing. I mean, we had a Ebony magazine cover. We had, again, we went to all those different events and conventions, like every Black uh, event, convention, festival, you name it, Didi and I were at. And uh, we had a presence for like, get on up there. And I think, again, I think that's what thoughtful marketing is. It's like, let's go to where the people are and let's, let's, let's uh, talk whatever that language is that they're, they're need to speak. So if it's an older audience, great. If it's a, it's a younger audience, what is that entry point and entryway of having getting and connecting with that audience? I think we really try to be thoughtful about that in everything that we did. I mean, John, that's your magical word, right? As is thoughtful. Are you thoughtful about how are we doing this? How it reverberates? And again, it's, it's something that I, I most certainly new in my career, but it was really integral to this campaign and something that um, Talitha and Erica were really, again, like, you know, professors at, at, at teaching that in, you know, throughout the campaign. And, you know, I, I would say that, you know, whoever's listening, and if you haven't seen Get On Up, you will marvel at the dedication because he was James Brown in this movie. He was movie. James Brown. He was James Brown. The, the he, dancing, the dialect, the moves. I mean, it was it was it was 
it was eerily amazing. Like, how do you how do you channel someone that well? I would say there's some, and I'm you know I'm a I'm a stickler about this because you know we're we're both Southerners and I'm a I'm a proud Southerner, and I have a particular issue with non-Southerners trying to play Southerners right trying to get the the dialect which, which they just think if they just put on a twang that yeah. is every part of the southern you know hemisphere <laughs> of <laughs> the united states of america and, and it really doesn't work that way yeah yeah, yeah. That's why i think he is originally from south carolina he had a really great accent and inflection of james brown that i think is very distinct to having been raised in the South, knowing Southern people, and it's not just a matter of putting on a twang. There's so right. much uh, twang or a Southern accent. There's so much more to that, and I have a great deal of reverence for people. Twang. <laughs> people who do it, you know, people who do it very well, and that is, you know, uh, a little sidebar is Jamie Foxx did it extremely well on Just Mercy, but he also is from Texas, and yeah. he knows, you know, those are his people. He knows a. Uh, 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 for the region that he was, you know, portraying, and that was Alabama, where I'm from. Uh, so I have a great deal of respect for him, for Chad, for being able, uh, Chadwick, for being able to do that. Um, and, you know, as, as we're talking about, like, what this movie meant for, I think it was very pivotal in our careers. Because again, we got so, we got to do so much, which really set the foundation. You know, that's your first real movie in LA. Yeah. In this multicultural marketing space. It was mine, you know, between New York and LA and also sort of opening the door to um, this world of project management and multicultural marketing for me which I continued to dabble at, um, you know, sort of over the years and then really doubled down on it, you know, around 2018. And over the course of those years, my partner in crime has been you. You, I mean, I-, I Somehow I, we always find ourselves back to each other, trying to figure out something or another. And I just want to say too, like, you know, after after we opened that movie, which I think it opened in, on, in August of 2014, <laughs> August 4th, I will never forget it. <laughs> you made it in your brain. Um, August 4th, I mean, you know, as we do with campaigns, it's like on to the next. And, um, you know, again, first year there, I kind of just came up this big movie and you obviously were done, wrapped up the report, everything went in and we kind of went our separate ways for a little bit. And you went back to New York and I was in LA trying to, you know, figure it out. And 2015 rolls around, which is one of the biggest financial successful years of, of Universal Pictures history with Jurassic World and Minions and everything else under the sun. Um, and we found ourselves found ourselves uh, working together again, randomly as the universe works on, on a Paramount movie, uh, which was such a, you know, fresh, you know, reunion for me. Cause it was like, again, we were, we talked with like, it wasn't like, it wasn't like what it is now, where it's like literally we check in with each other Ten every times hour <laughs> of the day. Um, but we worked together on this amazing film from Ava DuVernay titled Selma for Paramount Pictures. And you had a you had a relationship at the studio and we were, Ally Moxie was hired for uh, multicultural support on the film. And we were again in the trenches again, figuring it out, which was which was so amazing to have that reunion, like almost uh, less than a year later. Figuring it out in my backyard of Selma, Alabama. I'm from Montgomery, as you know. Um, and I think that what again, part of why we wanted to create this podcast, and you know, is it going to be a YouTube channel? I mean, who knows? Is it going to be uh, uh, a documentary or docu series into the shenanigans of John and Dee Dee and movie marketing <laughs> and life marketing, but just the listen, we got a lot, but we also give a lot. Yeah. And I would yeah. say that there's no way to be in this industry, and we'll have a whole like episode about what it takes, sort of, to be in it, how to get in it, um, how to maintain being in it. Um, you do hand over your life in, 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 in many ways. 
um, it, it, it has to become <laughs> a bit of your life. You're going to see the cat walk behind um, <laughs> me because she likes to, I don't know, you may not see her because I have the, the, the screen yeah, on. You, yeah. But anyway, um, and so when we found ourselves working on Selma, again, another big black tentpole movie. With and expectations. Ava, and Ava's breakout movie. And yeah, Ava's breakout ways, movie, yeah. In many ways, I feel like it was my breakout movie too, <laughs> because I actually got to go home and do some home to uh, Montgomery and Selma to do some of the movie marketing um, project management on it's the. Such I a beautiful thing! I wish I was able to be there. I mean that that's that's what we do this for for those kind of moments. Like that is to see to see and 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 hear all the amazing stories uh, of that experience is like you know like i feel so fulfilled you know what i mean like it was just such a to work on that film to and even what i did with the with with oprah's event she did honoring all these amazing civil rights legends you know just being in the same vicinity where i'm sharing the same air of these people these legends it was it was something to 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 speak to. It's something to like that's a career highlight of my life completely. Um, and I I I have a lot of those. Well, not a lot. I have a few of those that are like up there. But like that's definitely one of the ones that are like just it's just special. It's somewhere spe special in my heart about that. It it was amazing. My parents got to be there, and and and, uh, and I know you know when your mom gets to see you work. Yeah. Parents typically don't understand. Not at all. You know, what is it that you do? <laughs> if only. If only yeah. you knew in the type of meetings that I'm in and the kind of yes. <laughs> uh, you literally are waking up, sleeping, eating, breathing uh, uh, a campaign, and for that, I mean, it was the uh, crossing of the Edmund Pettus Bridge from Selma, um, and I think it was the Jubilee that they ended up doing it, and so. Uh, Oprah was there, Common, John Legend, they performed on that bridge. We did a, we um, connected, we did an activation with the mayor of Selma at the time. Uh, we donated $75,000 to the school there. Um, we had a talk back with Congresswoman uh, Terry Sewell who moderated a discussion with the talent in front of a bunch of college students. Uh, not college students, actually they were high school students. It was the Selma High School. And then we did a cutting of the ribbon at the at City Hall and then marched across the bridge where there was a our performance and then there was a premiere that night. And I actually, my parents got to be there to see the whole thing. And they had never in all these years really been a part of like my work life. And I got to hire, I think, both of my sisters to uh -oh. freelance. Which, as you know, I do from time to time. Yes. Hire friends and family um, when I can, um, and and also my like one of my childhood friends got to come with her son to the premiere and do all these things that when you move away from home, if you you know, or from a, a place like Atlanta or for me Montgomery, Alabama. Um, you know, you move to New York or LA to pursue these dreams of entertainment. Um, cause there's really not entertainment in Montgomery. <laughs> right. There is in Atlanta, but it's, it's very different. It's you're, different. you're, you're either in New York or LA for this kind of, mm -hmm. I think work, there are different levels to it. Um, and it was just a gift. It was hard work and we should do a deep dive into that. Um, finding partnerships, often not working with a lot of, uh, budget. Yeah, um, that is also like one of the the challenges that we face with a lot of these multicultural budgets is that there's not a lot of money, and so you really have to be thoughtful. Oh, John, maybe that should have been the name of the podcast. Thoughtful, oh. thoughtful and black. Thoughtful black and, and black, or oh, black and thoughtful. Black and thoughtful. Yeah. Meanwhile, we haven't revealed the name of the podcast. We haven't revealed the name of the podcast. We have not. <laughs> we still don't know. <laughs> we, have, we have options. We have options. Um, and, you know, I think we've, we've nailed down from a long list of not so great options to really fine tuning what I, I think a good one could be. 
Um, but when do you want to debut the name? When should we talk about it? <laughs> we can do it here. Like what we're what we're considering. Should we? Uh, sure. The, well, you know what the thing the thing about this is, you know, and this is, you know, as we, we mentioned earlier today for everyone listening, is you know. Dee Dee and I, first of all, we have these kind of conversations all the time. Like don't let a good TV show come on or see something in the trades or whatever, or a good film out. We will literally sit on the phone and just talk. And we have such a great and honest and organic and brother sister relationship. It was like, and again, we love black things in the entertainment space. So why not? talk about that via a podcast. And that was an idea and it was a seed planet. Maybe it wasn't late last year, earlier this year. We just were kind of like noodling on it and talking about it and it kind of snowballed and snowballed into to what you see now, what you hear now uh, of our first uh, episode. And I, you know, I love this woman so much. I, I trust her so much. Again, we are literally somehow cut from the same cloth and have the same brain and we think the same and everything we dress the same as you can see um like it's just it's just a, it feels so good to to honestly just talk to you um and to see you and hear your thoughts and reminisce about these amazing stories and there's so much more we want to do because this is a love letter to it to it to everyone to it all and We've we've seen, we've heard, we've we've had so many different stories to share, and we we are so excited to create this platform in order to do that. And I I I'm so excited for what's to come of our themed episodes, our special guests, our Didi uh, Dee has so many lovely entertainment friends that we're going to get on the show to share their insights. Like it's going to be fantastic, and I am so excited that we actually sat down, became intentional, and decided to just do it. And I am completely, completely, completely excited for what's to come. I am too. Um, you know, as much as we do think a lot, we challenge each other on things. Yeah. And yeah. what's so great is how we learned to challenge each other was a result of our agency work on Get On Up in the Brainstorms, Miss Erica Bennett. Erica Bennett, yes. Some guidelines about how we would thoughtfully share. Yeah, yeah. And thoughtfully give people the opportunity to be, to say what they had to say, to express their thoughts, to be creative without judgment. And I think that that's hard a lot of times when there's a lot of passion around topics or passions around and we love nothing more than a brainstorm yeah invite Dee, Dee brown to a Dee, Dee brown and john gist to a brainstorm we would do a dive of dives on that the dives of dives <laughs> and we love it so much um and so erica's thing was everybody's entitled to to share and we want to give them the opportunity to expand on that and so we would say <laughs> yes and yes and yes and yes, yes and, and. Yes. not no you shouldn't mm -hmm. do that or why would you mm -hmm. think of this but it's yes and and which is so, so powerful which is so 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 powerful of like just continuing the thought in a different way um mm -hmm. which which i which i i literally use that today like <laughs> always like it is a thing for me to say um and I literally, that was my first time learning that Me too. idea of doing that during that time period when we were doing all those brainstorms. Me too. I, I, I got so much out of it. It's, I mean, there's nothing like knowing what you know, right? Mm -hmm. But right. the process of discovery has just been so rewarding. Um, and it's actually good for, for, I think, us to acknowledge that because, listen, we're, we're not curing cancer. <laughs> there are serious things at play in the world. There are serious issues. We all have our personal family and friend things going on that can, you know, really um, weigh on us in many ways. So we, we, we can't say that this is the end all and be all because certainly it has its place. But the process of discovery in 
doing this kind of work, trying to be fresh and innovative and creative and thoughtful has been such a gift for me. It really has helped me in ways and yeah. reverberated in ways that in my personal life from being able to be thoughtful and to think through things to the next step is a learned skill that in PR and marketing and in this space, you really have to do. The thing you do now, how is that going to help or hurt you two steps down the road? Yeah. And when you create a campaign, that's something you have to be looking at, right? But this is also true in life. So I've found it very helpful with dealing with personal situations, like my mom being sick a couple of years ago. Like I, and John knows this because John is very similar. Again, obviously we said we shared the same brain, but asking those questions to the, so my mom had cancer a couple of years ago and me being able to really like hone in on things and think, okay, if you do that, what happens two steps down the road? Yes, and to the question that you're, or, or what you're proposing and the thought process behind this, but what else are we missing? What else should we be thinking about? How are we looking at this holistically? And that has just helped me in, in again, in those personal ways. And that is all because of the job. That's all because of the training that I've gotten over the years in, in doing the kind of work that we do. So I have an immense amount of just gratitude for it. It's a love letter, not just, I think my love letter, not just to uh, black entertainment and entertainers. I think it's a love letter to what, you know, PR and marketing has like done for my life, right? I mean, that's an episode within itself right there. I mean, just the impact, <laughs> the impact it's having me and just like all the lessons, the lessons, the trials and tribulations learned. I mean, again, Didi and I talk all the time, but we've talked each other off the ledge also multiple times. We've been there for each other on those very, very hard, stressful days, those stressful moments, those stressful campaigns of like, help and like I've been the voice of reason for her she's been a voice of reason for me so I think you know this is just a a a a celebration a love letter to it all you know what I mean to the journey that we've been on to the, to the experiences that we we've, we've had with each other in this space and then again just like the idea of seeing so much blackness on screen, so much authentic storytelling on screen and like what that means, like that means a lot and that, that's impactful. So I, I, I can't, like I look forward to just us talking, laughing, <laughs> drinking, crying probably, like just laying, laying it all out there to just, and, and hopefully this, this, this moves someone, this inspires someone, this, opens up another door to to exploring and learning more about this space from the from just two executives who work in film and who who love entertainment who love this, this space that we're in and, and for full transparency when i started the new role that i have at the studio that i am currently working with in the on the national publicity side john and i talked about you know, some of the motivation for wanting to, aside from the fact it's just an amazing opportunity, is so black and brown kids and people can see themselves at these, at studios in the entertainment industry in ways that aren't traditional. And I say traditional and everybody knows writers, directors, you know, producers to some degree and talent, but there's so much more of a movie making is, is such a collaborative, endeavor that we wanted to open that door for especially young young black people because we you know we didn't have that and we've recently done a a panel discussion with SCAD around these very topics and that's more you know our intent is to is to illuminate these opportunities more but also to get more black and brown people into the industry uh, we will dive into that for sure on another on an, on another chat. Yes, yes, and um, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. But this love letter um, that we're asking you to share with us—it's an open invitation to share your love 
your appreciation for the black movies, TV, film, art. I don't know a lot about art, but I know what I like. And I know there's some wonderful black creators and marketers and business people. I mean, who knows where this goes? Cause we have not gotten there yet, but we wanted to just start from a place of, of reverence and appreciation. We thank y'all for coming on this journey with us on this first unnamed podcast episode. <laughs> yes, yes, but there's so much more to come, and we we do have a name, and it will be revealed very soon. Um, but like you said, please, please, please come on this journey with us. It will be a it will be a, a moment. It will be a, a hilarious, heartfelt, authentic moment to just take this journey with us, take this ride with us. Because and not for nothing, you will see when this morphs. I mean, I, I hope we end up doing video on all of it, which I think we will, because you have to see our amazing vintage jewels. Our fashions. You have to see the fashions. fashions. <laughs> may or may not be uh, color coordinated on every, you know, single. Maybe we should, John. Maybe we should, actually. I think it's kind of cute. Like, just wear the same color. Like, we can easily do that. Yes. Okay. So this is a vintage Whiting and Davis necklace um, from my archives. Uh, I love... This is a vintage David Yearman 1972 collection. It's not. It's a D.D. Brown. <laughs> it's a D.D. Brown piece, actually. <laughs> it's actually Leah and Sophia from a sample sale. Oh. John has a lot of my jewels, which we'll... We'll dive into that as another episode as well. <laughs> the fashions. The fashions. Uh, we thank y'all for coming on this journey with us, John. Yes. Wait, what are you drinking again? This is my, this is a tequila John punch. Mm. The, the, the guest gotcha, gotcha guest tequila punch? Gotcha guest tequila punch. That sounds okay. fun. And I'm just drinking rosé uh, moet. My nice fancy metal um, gold straw. Look at you, an environmentalist, which you're not. I am. <laughs> here's, here's to you, my friend. Cheers to you, my friend. Here's to Black Hollywood and all that you do. Representation matters. We need more of it. We are celebrating what we have, but we know that there's room for so much more. Cheers. And cheers to our first episode complete. Holy smokes, we, we did it. We did it, yay. Bye everybody. Thank you for tuning in to our very first episode of Black on the Scene. As you noticed, we had not chosen a name for the show at the time of recording, so our next episode will take you through our debate and deliberation of how and why we chose Black on the Scene. Thanks for joining, and be sure to subscribe and follow Black on the Scene. That's B-L-K on the S-C-E-N-E -E on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where you can also share your own love letter to Black entertainment. Until next time.